Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love to talk to Dr. Casey Mulligan. He is a former chief economist for the President's Council of Economic Advisors uh, during the Trump administration. He wrote a fascinating book, frankly, one of the, uh, one of the a few uh, solid efforts, I'm afraid to say, in the uh, – uh, with the objective of trying to provide balance, what was good, what was bad, maybe some things that were ugly <laughs> in his time working for uh, Donald Trump. It's a fascinating book and uh, really an insider's look on uh, what happens in the, uh, in the administration, uh, of an administration. Casey, always glad to have you on the program. Uh, and of course, you continued your work at University of Chicago. Real quickly, talk a little bit about your work now and also your book and how people can get it. Yeah, the, uh, I have a website for the book, yourhiredtrump.com, and there are different uh, materials related to the book, or you can, of course, buy it. Um, if we get in a government shutdown situation here in the next uh, month or two, um, parts of the book deal with it with shutdown. I was in the White House during that. It's very interesting uh, what happens on the inside. Um, in, I've been working on um, – I, I, I lead a uh, health economic center, a choice and competition in health care. Uh, one of the things we emphasize there is innovation, uh, in that case the medical field, also been looking at innovation in the um, energy industry, particularly petroleum and uh, gas, an amazing innovation there. And then, you know, thinking about how that affects wages overall um, for workers, regardless of what industry they work in. Yeah, very good. Now, you know, before we started the segment, you and I chatted just for a moment about what can we talk about? Uh, because we always have a lot to talk about, but so much of it seems negative. You know, we could talk about the fact that the uh, uh, we've got a shutdown, speaking of the shutdown, a couple of weeks away, uh, unless some kind of action is happening. Not much being talked about in the media, but, you know, enough for me to, and we've talked about it quite a bit on the show with other guests, you know, I thought you mentioned the idea of talking about innovation, particularly in the technology space, and how much that has improved and continues to improve. And in the end, we don't celebrate, in my opinion, what um, economic freedom provides. We really don't celebrate that. And, uh, yes, there's problems with it. There is no perfect way. Um, but, uh, boy, the technology front has been massive. And I, I thought it would be a great topic, and I'm glad you brought it up. Why don't you set the stage uh, for us? Well, yeah, I know you like to say that, and I agree with you, it, it starts with freedom. Um, and, and people, there's lots of people in America, where none of us can know all of them, let alone the details, and they're each uh, doing what they can based on what they see. And the market tends to pick out the best of those results. Um, and we tend to improve on what we've done in the past, at least in the private sector. Um, and so health care is an area where we've seen that. Of course, the public sector is involved in health care, but amazing innovation in um, medical devices, um, procedures like knee surgery and things like that are, are nothing now. And it used to be you just limped around on your bad knee. And uh, drugs, uh, warp speed was a, 
example everyone was watching, but there are many uh, innovations um, so people can be healthier even without a surgery. Um, petroleum is another amazing one. In the United States, at least, we, uh, we used to be heavily relying on foreign oil. We kind of thought we'd more or less run out of what's in Texas. Um, and we've discovered and gotten very good at um, getting oil out of the ground. We keep getting better every year. And mm -hmm. we've almost doubled our production in pretty short time frame, even though you might say the better wells have been run out, but we're able to do even better with the not-so-good wells than we were doing with the better wells. So that's all getting smarter and better at what we do. Yeah, and cheaper as well. I mean, some of the places that we exploit now, uh, wells-wise, wells are uh, places that uh, we could have done it for, for decades, but uh, uh, the cost didn't make sense because the technology made it very, very, very expensive to do. And so that, uh, you know, it's the technology. The uh, capital formation that only happens in a free market that lends to that happening. And so that, uh, that's really uh, been, been powerful and, and unfortunately, I think, under-celebrated. Yeah, and you're right that you know, I, I call it technology or productivity, but it, the other side of the coin, very precisely the other side of the coin, is, is lower cost. Yeah. You can make more. Um, that's called productivity, but when you have more, it, it costs less, and that's the other side of the coin. You can also look at it from the worker perspective, that when things are cheaper, their uh, earnings go further. And that's a, really the main reason that you and I earn, you know, order of magnitude, maybe pushing two orders of magnitude than our great-grandfathers did because of what's so much been learned and capital that's been accumulated to make us better at our jobs. Um, you know, even, even in industries like, Haircutting, where at least in the men's barber shops, pretty similar to what it used to be, but because the barber has the opportunity to work in an industry like farming or or computers or petroleum, where the wages have gone up so much, the wages in barbers go up too. So the technology, even in a few industries, uh, benefits all the workers, no matter where they work. Yeah, no question about it. And uh and yeah, and all of this happens in, in, in a certain economic environment, you know, where we're seeing in spite of the fact the reality is is that technologically uh we should be somewhere and you know, again, this is each state is different. I live in Texas. We have the best gas prices in the country, I would assume, are pretty darn close. Uh, you know, but in Texas, if we were really unleashing it, uh like we have had, like we've seen uh you know, in earlier years, you know, we should be in the high two dollars, not near near you know four dollars. <laughs> you know, pushing four dollars in some places uh, for gasoline. You know, and and uh, what we hear about is all the time. It's an interesting routine. It certainly saw all the time in the Obama administration, which of course uh, President Biden was a part of, where they would routinely uh, talk about all the leases that they make available. But nobody takes advantage of it. We can't help it if these oil companies aren't going to do it. And, and he looked at that and he goes, what's wrong with these oil companies? Don't they want to make money? Of course, the answer is yes, they want to make money. But they don't want to invest into areas that at some flipping point, for no logical reason, they'll still, they will shut down that lease or make that lease prohibitively expensive where they can't make money. 
and they had created such a hostile environment. Meanwhile, we saw in the past week that it is that energy gas-related pricing that continues to fuel the inflation that keeps us in terror over a possible recession. You know, I mean, it's, it's really weird to watch, to be honest with you. Not, not a lot of connecting the dots that, to me, seem pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, it's not uh, noticed very much, but the Energy Department, um, under both administrations, they're looking at the trends in energy, obviously, and petroleum, natural gas would be a big part of that. Uh, and they, they've they been talking about for years this point about technological progress we're getting. Even if oil prices don't go up, they say, you know, we're going to be able to produce more because we're just getting better. But about two years ago, they changed that story, and they said um, they didn't use the phrase ESG, but they said that companies in that industry won't be able to raise capital anymore. Whatever capital they get, they have to get it from themselves, um, and that's really the ESG movement. And that's when they stopped be, uh, having much optimism there at the Energy Department about progress in uh, our petroleum and gas industries. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And so, you know, this administration's economy is is so fragile. Uh, they do a very good job of touting something that doesn't really exist. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, they continue to undermine your ability to get inflation under control. And, and I think, you know, the, the oil companies, with all the criticism people have, and frankly I have some of my own, uh, I think there's a lot of uh, crony capitalism in all of the large Corporations. Uh, the larger the corporation, the more crony it becomes, as you well know. Um, but, but, you know, they're not dumb. Of all the things you can list wrong with them, you're not going to call them dumb. And so it, 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 it's so much like all the rhetoric, whatever they did, whatever freeing up of leases they do, they now, certain politicians, including Biden, they have a long history of making something look like it's going to be available or that it's going to work but sure enough, figure out how to churn against the uh, energy company uh, on a dime. That kind of environment, it almost doesn't matter what they do policy-wise. They're just not going to want to go there. Yeah, and also the, your established companies, they already have properties um, to get uh, oil and gas from. So they can, in fact, benefit if there's a increased difficulty for the new properties to be explored. Oh, Those tend to be point. the smaller companies. That's a good point. That's, and frankly, that's just one of those, uh, you know, crony capitalism stories. You, you, you remember back when the uh, uh, George H.W. Bush days where, you know, he got out and heard from small, you know, from business owners that uh, changing the gas pumps in a radical way that actually shut down Hundreds of gas stations from smaller companies are forced to sell the bigger companies because the cost of transformation was too high. That was good for business because they had business supporting it. That was good for big business that could get access to gas stations for a dime. It wasn't good for small businesses or for entrepreneurs. You know, and that that is a real common theme of uh, you know crony capitalism at work. Uh, no doubt, uh, protecting. The uh, established players is a standard government operating procedures in, in both parties. And they, oh, yeah. um, you know, they talk about the profits from the oil companies as being the problem. No, there's the symptom 
of the problem, which is not uh, being in the way of innovation and um, serving the marketplace that businesses try to do if they're allowed to do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Always love uh, spending time with you. Uh, Casey Mulligan, Dr. Casey Mulligan, professor over at University of Chicago. Do check out his book. And uh, with that, final thoughts as we begin to wrap it up. Well, I, th- I think one of the places we're seeing um, the lack of progress is is in wages. and infl- Wages haven't kept up with inflation. Um, and you really have to go back a number of years to see when wages generally were this low. Um, of course, if you go back enough, you will find a time because, as we said, the, there's been progress. Uh, but when we, even if things freeze in time, that's falling way short of what we're capable of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, off subject, but something obviously everyone's talking about, uh, the, the administration's preparing people for a more protracted uh, period of higher interest rates. Uh, reality check, uh, what does your gut tell you? Uh, or maybe even your crystal ball, uh, ball we want to be bowed on uh, when we might see the uh, Fed feel comfortable uh, at least stopping increases. They're threatening a couple of more, as you well know, and, uh, and actually maybe begin to lower that. Any, any idea, any speculation? No, I'm not a bond trader, uh, Kevin. Uh, I know that's important to the bond traders, but uh, if I were one, I guess I'd be calling you from my yacht right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. I like that. All right, Dr. Casey Mulligan, uh, always love having you on the program. Very important topic. People need to think about what works, what doesn't. The high cost of government for businesses is what we all pay for. And uh, and not only in terms of higher price because government always adds layers of cost to the product to the product, uh, but in in opportunity cost in terms of what we're not able to pursue because of how those regulations work. So I appreciate kind of economics 101 today, but also very encouraging on the power of markets. Thanks so much for being with us. Good to talk to you, Kevin. I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. More for you after this.